Welcome to episode 168 of the first 40 miles. If you're new to backpacking, or if you're hopelessly in love with someone who wants you to love backpacking, then this podcast is for you. We'll talk about the essentials, how to lighten your load, and how to make the most of your time on the trail. I'm your host, Heather Legler. And I'm Josh Legler. And this is The First 40 Miles. Today on The First 40 Miles, if you're trying to get your pack weight down, but the numbers just don't want to budge, we have a new challenge for you. Reduce your volume. We'll share five ways to take up less space. For today's Summit Gear Review, would you trust a stuff sack made of tissue paper? For the same weight, we'll give you a much better option. Then a quick hack that will help you streamline your bathroom time. All this and that's about it. Today on the first 40 miles. We talk about pack weight a lot on our show, and it can be something that people obsess over. You know, getting down from 40 pounds to 30 pounds to 25 pounds, and then having a base weight of 8 pounds, 6 pounds. You know, there's just no end to how light you can go and what lengths you can go to to get down to the lowest weight possible. And we talk about the weight of our packs so much that sometimes I think we might be forgetting another important element of packing a pack, and that is volume. And it's true that volume does tend to go down as your weight decreases, but maybe if you don't have the budget to keep shaving off the pounds and the ounces. Volume is something that you can easily focus on, and there are so many ways to reduce the volume of your pack. Yeah, it's true that the two usually go hand in hand. For example, if you get a lighter tent, that tent will probably also take less space when it's packed. A lighter sleeping bag will take less space when it's packed. Or maybe not because a down bag is going to pack down so much smaller than a synthetic bag. And a bag that's put into a compression sack, you're going to be able to get that really small compared to a bag that you don't put in a compression sack. So there's some variables there that we just assume that weight and bulk go hand in hand and because they sort of do, but not always. We always talk about reducing your weight and, you know, a 30-pound pack is a 30-pound pack, right? No matter how big it is, it weighs 30 pounds, it should take the same amount of energy to carry that pack. I think we've talked about a couple things in a couple past episodes that maybe hint at the idea that 30 pounds is not 30 pounds, that volume maybe does matter. One thing that we talked about way back in episode 7 was some research that was done showing that smaller people are able to carry a higher percentage of their body weight when they're backpacking. So, in other words, a person who weighs 100 pounds can maybe carry 40% of their weight. That would be 40 pounds. A person who weighs 200 pounds would not be able to carry 40% of their weight, which would be 80 pounds. They, they would be limited to something a little lower than that. And I don't know if that relates to this discussion or not, but I thought that was just kind of interesting. And the other one that we talked about was that a pound on your feet is equivalent to five pounds on your back. And I think that does relate to this discussion, because what that's saying is that the location of the weight makes a difference. 
And when we talk about volume, we're talking essentially about the location of the weight, right? Whether it's very close to your body or whether it's distributed further out from your body because it's bigger. Um, I know you like to keep your pack really streamlined and keep everything inside of your pack, while other people like to put things on the outside of their pack and kind of let them dangle or, you know, let them be more accessible. And so the people who keep things on the outside of their pack, they may be carrying the same weight that you are, but the volume that they take up, the space that they take up in their little human bubble uh, ends up being a little bit more. Yeah, so let's take an extreme example here. Let's say you're holding a book. Does it matter how close that book is to your body? Well, if I hold the book out at arm's length, I'm going to get tired a lot more quickly than if I have the book against my back. So that's volume. That's related to volume, right? Right. That if we have a low volume backpacking setup and everything goes compactly into your backpack and it's nice and close to your back, that's going to be easier to carry than the same amount of weight in a larger volume pack where some of that weight is a couple feet away from your back, kind of pulling you, you know, with all that leverage that it has. So there are some benefits to reducing the volume of your pack, even if the weight stays the same. It's going to feel lighter, it'll be more streamlined, and there may be some other benefits as well that we will share in our top five list today. You ready to jump into the top five? Yeah, I'm ready to see what the other benefits are. Well, I'll give you a hint. It has to do with organization, which I know you like being organized. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Especially on the trail. It really does help. Organization is mandatory for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, the number one way to reduce the bulk or the volume of your pack is to use compression sacks. Compression sacks are different from stuff sacks. Compression sacks can take a sleeping bag that fills up your entire pack and compress it down to the size of a loaf of bread. These things are amazing. They have multiple straps on them and they can cinch down. In fact, if you want to get really uh, hardcore about this, you can sit on whatever you're compressing or use your knee to kind of squish it down and keep pulling the straps until it is compressed down as tight as it can go. Oh, it's incredible, especially with down sleeping bags. We have some bags where the, the bag itself, when it's just kind of sitting in our backpacking room, it takes up most of a large Rubbermaid bin. Probably, I think like probably the equivalent to four or five pillows. Yeah. And you can put it in a stuff sack and you'll get it down to something the size of like a five gallon bucket, that kind of size. But then when you put it in a compression sack and you start pulling on those straps, I've gotten those down to about the size of a volleyball. It's incredible. And yet our youngest son has an inexpensive synthetic sleeping bag and there's a limit. No matter how hard you crush that thing, it's just not going to go any smaller. Yeah, down definitely compresses down better than synthetic. But you don't just have to use compression sacks with your sleeping bag. You can also use them with your clothing and get your clothing compressed down to the size. Wait for it. She's coming up with an analogy. <laughs> What's a piece of food? What's a food that's a comparison, this big? I mean. To the size of a large jicama. Great. <laughs> <laughs> One of those waxy, tannish vegetables that people cut up and dip in ranch dressing. And you can find compression sacks with different features. We have one that has an event feature. So that means that it's waterproof and you can push air out of it, but water won't get into it. 
So it's a pretty cool technology, but you can also find inexpensive compression sacks that just push the air out and make it so your gear is nice and compact. The number two way to reduce the bulk or volume of your pack is to up your calories per ounce with your food. 200 calories of broccoli is going to take up way more space than 200 calories of oil. So the food that you bring with you, the more calorie dense it is, the less space it's going to take up in your pack. Another way to reduce the volume of your food is to use dehydrated food instead of freeze-dried food. Dehydrated food ends up kind of shriveling up and getting all skinny and doesn't retain the cell structure. But freeze-dried food has that cell structure that's been held in place by the ice as it sublimates out. And so the cell structure and the the size, the original size of the object as it was being freeze-dried stays the same. So it'll take up more volume in your pack. I know it's a nitpicky thing, but it's something to consider if you really do want to reduce the volume of your pack. And even once you've increased the calories per ounce, you can still look at those foods and you'll see that some foods are a lot more dense in terms of the space they take. Um, Potato chips are a good example. Yeah, a whole bag of potato chips is only maybe three or four ounces. So it's a great calorie to ounce ratio, but it's really bulky. But if you get the potato chips in the can where they're all stacked, then you get the same calories and the same weight, but in a much more compact package. The number three way to reduce the bulk or volume of your pack is to backpack in the summer. Insulation is just so bulky. So your insulating winter gear, the insulated mug that you bring with you, your insulated sleeping bag, your insulated clothing, everything is just so poofy. But in the summertime, everything gets a little bit lighter, a little more sheer, a little more, ah, just light and flowy and you don't have to pack that bulky wintertime gear. Well, thanks Heather for that tip, but um, it's winter right now. I know. (laughs) Oh well. It's going to be summer so soon. Okay. Just a few more months. Yeah. (laughs) The number four way to reduce the volume of your pack is to take the air out of packaged goods. So that means transferring your toiletries to smaller containers. Like, do you need a hard-sided container to hold your sliver of soap? Or can you store it in a little freezer zip-top bag? If you do, then you've just reduced the bulk of your pack and probably the weight also. Or do you need a nice round roll of toilet paper? Or can you stomp on it (laughs) to get the air out of the tube, that dead space in the tube? Oh, totally. And of course, how much toilet paper do you really need for the trip? You probably just need a few squares a day. Exactly. Well, you can also poke holes in the top of your food bags to let the air out. And then you just reseal that hole with tape so your food won't take up as much volume. And then, of course, if you have anything that you're packing along with you with water in it, find some way to dry it out and it will compress down a lot flatter. Like I know lots of people bring liquid soap with them. Do you have to bring liquid soap or could you bring a little sliver of soap with you that doesn't take up much space? So taking the air or water out of packaged goods can go a long way towards reducing the volume of your pack. And the number five way to reduce the volume of your pack is to pack smart. That means start nesting your items. 
So packing like with like, that means you can fill the inside of your toilet paper roll with maybe a small bottle of hand sanitizer or a small bar of soap that's inside of a plastic bag. Anywhere where you can fill in your empty spaces in your pack. And I like to do this with my cooking kit. So I'll have my stove and my fuel canister and I'll put that all inside of my little titanium mug. And then I'll have matches that are in a plastic bag and I'll stuff that in there too. And if I can fit my utensil in there, sometimes I'll do that or like some kind of little hot pad or piece of felt so that my hands don't get burned when I'm moving my mug off the burner. So whatever you want to stuff in there, just make sure you put like with like so it makes sense when you get the stuff out. Yeah, you wouldn't want to be pulling out your stuff for dinner and go, okay, well, let's see, I've got to get my toothbrush out of the way so that I can cook dinner. It doesn't make much sense. But when you've packed everything you need for dinner all into the pot that you're going to cook dinner in, then it's really convenient plus a really compact use of space. So stacking and nesting your stuff together compresses how much space it takes up. In fact, sometimes I wish that my little titanium mug were shaped more like a flask so that it would be a little more, you know, streamlined against my pack because right now it just bulges out. And That would be nice. That would be kind of cool. Well, packing smart also means leaving things at home that you really don't need to bring. And this list is going to be different for everybody, but... We can all probably rethink the full package of biodegradable baby wipes. Do you need that? No, not that many. No, and they're not heavy. that many. They're don't, wet. Yeah, don't bring the whole package. If you really want to bring biodegradable baby wipes, bring what you think you'll use, maybe a couple extra, but not the whole package. Anyway, packing smart means it's just a good chance to maybe rethink the things that you've decided to bring with you and if you want them to take up that much volume in your pack. For today's Summit Gear Review, we'll be reviewing the Hyperlite Mountain Gear Dyneema Stuff Sacks. Hyperlite Mountain Gear is a purveyor of all things Dyneema for the outdoorist. They make packs, stuff sacks, compression sacks, all made of this incredible fiber called Dyneema, which is also known as Cuban fiber. Yeah, those are two different brands. They... Uh, as of a couple of years ago, they're now owned by the same company. So if you see Cuban Fiber or Dyneema, both of these are brands of ultra-high molecular weight polyethylene. That's a mouthful. Oh, by the way, we reviewed the Hyperlite Mountain Gear pack in episode 91. So you can get a whole pack made out of this stuff. Or you can just get these stuff sacks made out of this super strong, super light, super thin Dyneema fabric. Yeah, and the crazy thing about this fabric is it looks like tissue paper. Like it looks like you would have to be so careful with it. You can kind of see through it, it has this translucent look to it. But these stuff sacks are nearly bulletproof. Yeah, this is incredible stuff. I mean, it, it looks like you could just, like you could pull on one side of the sack and I could pull on the other side and it would just rip apart like a grocery store plastic bag. <laughs> right. And it doesn't, like no matter what you do to it, no matter how hard you pull or like scrape it with your fingernail, you know, and you think it might start turning white. Uh-huh. And it doesn't. It just, it's like, it looks so fragile and it is so invincible. It's crazy. So what else do you know about this UHMWPE? So Dyneema, which is a brand of ultra-high molecular weight polyethylene, this is incredible stuff. This is the same stuff as Kevlar, 
It's the highest impact-resistant plastic polymer ever made so far. And the reason it's so strong is that it's, it, it says ultra-high molecular weight. That means each molecule of this polyethylene is really big in terms of molecules, in terms of the number of atoms that are in that molecule. So you remember Avogadro's constant oh, way back? <laughs> You're like, of course. Yeah, chemistry was my <laughs> favorite subject. So is that a yes or a no? <laughs> All I know is that it's one of the ingredients for guacamole. Close. Is it 8 times 10 to the 22? Or is that a mole? That's pretty close. It's 6 times 10 to the 23. Oh, my so goodness. you really close. Yeah. I do remember something from chemistry. Yeah. It's the number of molecules, well, component particles, but usually molecules of a substance that make up one mole of that substance. So it's kind of an arbitrary number that they use in chemistry for describing molecular weight. So if you have a mole of water, that means you have 6 times 10 to the 23rd molecules of water. All those individual molecules of water, 6 times 10 to the 23rd of them, they make up a mole of water, and that water has what's called a molecular weight. You figure out the molecular weight by looking at the components. So water is uh, two hydrogen atoms and one oxygen atom. Hydrogen atoms are about one atomic mass unit, and oxygen is about 16. So two hydrogens is two, and then the oxygen is 16. So water has a molecular mass of 18. Or in other words, one mole of water weighs 18 grams. <laughs> You're still smiling. <laughs> I'm just wondering, how am I supposed to react? Should I say, oh, wow, or no way? What's the proper response? Well, that, you know, that's, it takes, that's a lot of molecules <laughs> in that two-thirds of an ounce of water. Six times 10 to the 23, that's six with 23 zeros after it. That many molecules in that little bit of water. Now, some molecules in this universe are much bigger than water. So they're not just two hydrogens and an oxygen, but they're like a bunch of hydrogens, a bunch of oxygens, and a bunch of carbons and other stuff all strung together in one molecule. Proteins are large molecules like that. They're really complex. So are some plastics. So take something like polypropylene. Polypropylene has an atomic mass of 42. So a mole of polypropylene, 6 times 10 to the 23rd molecules of polypropylene, weighs 42 grams. And some proteins are so complex that they have a molecular weight in the thousands. So thousands of grams for a mole. But ultra-high molecular weight polyethylene? It's crazy. It's between 3.5 and 7.5 million atomic mass units. These are like extremely long molecules. And that's what makes them so strong, because if you take any substance, you know, a bunch of molecules of that substance, they sort of stick together, depending on the substance. I mean, water obviously doesn't stick together very well, but some things are hard, like steel. They stick together pretty well. But if you make the molecule larger, then it's really hard to pull apart the molecule itself, right? It'd be easier to separate one molecule from another than it is to actually pull apart a molecule. Like, that takes chemistry to do that. So these extremely large molecules, basically you're making fibers where because they have such large molecules, they are super, super strong. Stronger than steel. Stronger than our love. Well, no, not that strong. Okay. But super strong. <laughs>
UHWMPE <laughs> has some interesting properties. In addition to being super strong, it's also waterproof and it's very um, slick. Nothing sticks to it, which means if you try to make a drawstring out of ultra high molecular weight polyethylene and then you try to tie a knot in that string, the knot will just come undone because it's not going to stick. It's not going to grab onto itself. Okay, well, that explains why this bag has a UHMWPE core as its drawstring cord. Because otherwise, the knot on the end wouldn't stay in place. In fact, I remember when we were with Jonathan from the Hang Your Own Hang podcast, he had some Dyneema, it was like Lash It or Zing It, that he was using to put up one of the tarps. And he said, I'm sorry, we can't use a bowline, I think, to hold that loop in place. We have to use a different knot because it's just not going to, it's not going to hold. It's too slick. Yeah. So the way Hyperlite solved it is that the drawstring has an ultra high molecular weight polyethylene core. So it's strong, but then they wrapped some regular, I don't know, nylon, uh, like braided nylon around the outside of it. So then when you tie that drawstring, it'll actually stay tied. Yeah. And it does have a little barrel toggle, you know, the kind that you push down and it releases the pressure or the tension and then you can move it around. So you don't have to tie anything on the bag, but I like that it's a super durable cord. Yeah. And even with that barrel, if they hadn't wrapped the nylon braid around the outside, then the cord would just slip through the barrel, yeah. even though it's putting pressure on it. So the Hyperlite Mountain Gear Dyneema stuff sack that we're reviewing today is the 8x10. It's a pretty small bag, but it's a really useful size. We're going to have a hack today that will show you what we've done with this size bag. For mass, this stuff sack weighs 0.28 ounces or 8 grams. Incredible. And for volume, it holds about 1.7 liters and it measures 8 by 10 inches. It's not gusseted. It's a flat bag. I'm just thinking, knowing now how much it weighs, 8 grams, and knowing the atomic mass of Dyneema, I could figure out how many molecules are in this bag. It would be some actually kind of low number. I don't know. It'd probably still be millions of molecules, but I'm figuring it out here. It's still a huge number. It's like a sextillion molecules. 1.2 sextillion molecules? Yeah. It's about a 1.2 times 10 to the 18 molecules. Wow. Okay. That's still a lot of molecules. Well, for maintenance, this bag is 100% waterproof. However, it is not submersible. It has a little hole in the top. Uh, they have other bags that are submersible, but this one, it'll just keep your stuff dry. But don't go dunking it in any lakes. For investment, this bag is $20. And for trial, we have been stunned by the durability of these bags. Feels like tissue paper with the strength of steel. And it's super lightweight. Another thing I like about this bag is that it's translucent, which means that the contents of the bag aren't a mystery. So it's much easier to find things than in a traditional stuff sack. These are incredibly tough bags. In fact, everything that Hyperlite Mountain Gear sells is crazy tough, abrasion resistant, waterproof, and really well designed designed by a backpacker. And so it's meant to be for people like you and me, people who want lightweight, but bulletproof stuff. And when I say bulletproof, I don't really mean bulletproof. So don't go shooting a bullet through this bag. It's just made of the same stuff, you know, Kevlar. But uh, this will definitely stand up to all of your trips, will last a long time. 
So we'll have the link in today's show notes so you can check out Hyperlight Mountain Gear's stuff. And today's show notes are at thefirst40miles.com slash 168. For today's backpack hack of the week, we have a potty kit. When nature calls, it is super helpful to be able to have everything you need all in one stuff sack. (laughs) But some of you might be thinking, well, all I need is a leaf and I'm good. But really, the process of going to the bathroom involves so much more than a leaf. Maybe women will understand this better than men. I was going to say, the process of going to the bathroom involves so much less than a leaf. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Going to the bathroom is this multi-step process, and you need you need to take stuff with you. And so whenever I go to the bathroom, I take this little bag with me, and here is what's in my potty kit. That's why I'm in charge of the backpack hack of the week this week and not you, Josh. That's right. If I was explaining my potty kit, it'd be pretty boring. Well, this, maybe people will appreciate the fleshed out kit, you know, has all the bells and whistles, everything you need to have a comfortable, safe trip to the bathroom. Well, absolutely. And the women do have more to put in their hygiene kit. It's just the way it is. So it is really helpful. Oh, yeah. So the first thing I have in my potty kit is my trowel. Some people, and this is really clever, they put the trowel in the ground, like they just shove it in the ground, and they use the handle of the trowel to hold the toilet paper roll. Oh. Isn't that cute? Yeah. Then I also put a half roll of toilet paper with the cardboard tube taken out, uh, and I put that inside of a quart freezer zip-top bag so it'll always be dry. I also have a little bottle of rubbing alcohol, a little soap tube, which is just one of my old lip balm tubes that I filled up with meltable, unscented glycerin soap. I also have a little bottle of lotion in there so my hands won't dry out from using rubbing alcohol. And then I stick any feminine hygiene in there that I need for that trip. And I keep everything inside of this Hyperlite Mountain Gear stuff sack because it's translucent. So when I need to pull something out, I know exactly where it is. It's more durable than a plastic bag, and it keeps everything in one place. That soap tube that you mentioned, just in case people didn't catch it, it was a lip balm tube that you emptied out and you filled it back up with glycerin soap. So it's a really handy way to keep your soap clean and keep it from getting stuff messy, and you have just the right amount of soap that you need. That was the Backpack Hack of the Week in Episode 10, 1-0. Oh, like 158 episodes ago? Yeah. (laughs) How fun. And we'll leave you today with a little trail wisdom from our good friend on the trail, Henry David Thoreau. He said, I never found the companion that was so companionable as solitude. And I would have to strongly disagree with this (laughs) quote today. (laughs) Because as much as I like hanging out with just myself, I love hanging out with you, Josh. And today is our anniversary. So happy anniversary. Oh, I forgot. Just kidding. <laughs> you didn't. I didn't. <laughs> Happy anniversary. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you've been on a backpacking trip, share your story at thefirst40miles.com slash story. We'll see you next time on The First 40 Miles.
I get to keep the eight tracks, right? We'll leave the cassette tapes on, but we'll bring the eight tracks. Does that mean I still have to carry the eight track player? Yeah, yeah. Huh. And the battery that goes with it. Fair enough. Okay. Kind of seems ridiculous. No, it doesn't seem ridiculous. This is brilliant. 